you are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like school to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game and finesse it a bit and get through it. Welcome to another episode of the Purpose Addicts Podcast. Now, what you're about to bear witness to started out as just a dream between two lifelong friends. And now it's a movement that you get to be a part of. This is going to be a short but powerful conversation that's designed to help you do three things. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk boldly in your purpose. And three, become addicted to living life on purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic. And I'm joined by my good friend, my brother, as I like to refer to him as the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What up? What up? How we doing like usual? How you holding up, man? Doing good, brother. Blue cheese, blue cheese. <laughs> blue cheese. Listen, y'all, yeah, before we even came over here, we had a good laugh about blue cheese. We'll have to tell you about blue cheese later. I promise you, you're going to steal it. Anyway, so I, I've been I've been holding back reaching out and talking to you this week um, All right. I pulled one of your moves I decided to take a break from social media a bit you probably haven't seen me post not even I haven't the show yeah um, nothing has come out and I decided to get away from it um, I also took uh, you and Nelsia's advice and I'm going to take a few days off to just concentrate and focus and come up with you know, a master plan, next steps. Um, I was talking with Tasha. Um, she agreed it's probably a good time just to sit down, do some personal reflection, right? Uh, get some of these ideas that I got in my head or have written down, um, get them out, get them created, kind of double down as you, as you like to put it on, mm-hmm. on creating some content. And uh, most importantly, man, just take some time for myself yep. mentally mentally you got to separate those though bro and i found because i've been saying that for um since we've been on covid i've been saying that if you can't get things done during this time like something's wrong like if you can't carve time out while we have the time but then you look around and you've never actually taken time to take a break so i think it's good to unplug and say okay i'm gonna get in a mood where i'm just focusing on creating but then from that unplugging creating time you also need to take the time whereas i'm gonna unwind and i'm gonna do this like i have this new block on my phone where like today i was working on two book chapters and i just said i can't be on facebook i can't be on what you call it so i blocked facebook and instagram from my phone for five hours Hmm. you know what i'm saying so yes take that time to create but also understand that even though you're creating you're actually still working so you never really give that battery some time to charge and you know, take that time to charge. But that's that's dope. That's what I did this past week. Um and, and in real life I never really recharged. But the idea of being in a space where I could say, you know what, I'm not gonna do this this week really did wonders for my psyche and my motivation and the pep in my step. Yeah. My goal is to truly disconnect. And I and yeah. to your point, I, I I saw that about myself, right? The the never stop working. You may take mm-hmm. some days off to do some work in this area, which means you never really took off. You never so really took off, yep. I'm going to actually take off. Good. Um, so that I can take off. 
really and truly. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really the, the whole goal, right? Yep. So um, it's like you're taking something out of a box and then you're taking something out of that box that you took out of the box. Mm-hmm, totally understand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's where I'm headed. But like what I would imagine in this time and, and probably for for our listeners too, you know, if you ever decide to do something like this, I'm going to take some time to actually reflect on the things that I believe, um, the things that mm-hmm. I've thought up to this point. Um, I'm going to actually do some soul searching, man. Ask myself some questions, um, you know, and be genuinely honest about how I feel about them. I may not f- uh, come out of this with a an actual decision on on those beliefs, but I am going Ooh. to challenge my way of thinking and my habits that I've done up to this point. That's amazing. Um, I, I can go two ways on that one. Um, yesterday we were tagged in a post. And um, it was a, by a band director that lives in the area. His name is um, Joshua Wine. He's a big fan of the podcast. But what he did was he said that for 30 days, he completely disconnected. And um, he read a lot of books. He got into our podcast, which he, um, he, he started listening to a bunch of podcasts. And he said, this is among his favorite. And he gave us a shout out. But one of the things he said was he took time to recharge and got himself rooted back firmly in what he believed and somehow has figured out a way to not be razzled, if I'm articulating this correctly, by the things that he doesn't necessarily agree with. So now he's more Mm -hmm. open. And I'm going to tag you. Um, I'm going to tag you in that post so you can see it, see it. Cause he, I mean, it was a long post, but it was very well written. Shout out to you, Josh, for um, checking out the podcast and sharing that with everybody. Absolutely. I appreciate that, man. And and so like today that ties into what I wanted to talk about on here and I, and I'm going to take the spotlight for what blew your mind. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. You told me you wanted to do what blew your mind. I I got it. I got it. So and this is going to seem a little, I don't know how it's going to seem. I'm throwing it at you. Here it go. So my dog, right? You know, we got a dog, um, Jax. I take Jax out to go use the bathroom in the backyard. And when we come back in the house, you know, you, you do that routine, right? You, you know, mm-hmm. you're programming her from, you know, as a pup to do the same routine, go out to the bathroom, come in. So when we come in, I always tell him to sit, sit right there by the door while I lock the door and I kick my sandals off and whatnot. And before uh, he takes off, he's waiting for me or whomever takes him out to unleash him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so messing around with him uh, the other day, I technically unbuckled it, but I kept my hand by his collar and he Mm -hmm. wouldn't move. Mm. He He stayed there. Mm. Right. And so it was funny at the time, but after I like moved my hand away and he realized that he wasn't still tethered to the leash, something hit me. He is conditioned to believe that if my hand is there, mm. he's still locked in the same position and can't move. Can't move. Yes, sir. He didn't know it, but he believed it in his mind. It was a conditioned belief. And so what blew my mind was how many of us without actually seeing uh, evidence that we are either locked into a space or we have been doing the same habit or we've been 
bumping up against a wall or placing limitations on ourselves, think that that is the belief in the way it's supposed to be, right? That blew my mind. That's part of why I'm choosing to unplug. I want to challenge my conditioned beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yo, that's, that, that's so many true on, that's so true on so many levels. Like now that could work to your advantage. Cause I've always read that people who are successful have established routines, but routines. more, yeah, more so than not, it is a debilitating thing where people sometimes don't realize they have the actual freedom because they have that. They're thinking about that collar on their neck. That leash. Or what is that leash? And they don't realize that if I just step, move right, move to the left or move to the right, boom, I'm free. That's all he had to do. Because yeah. all I all I did was just have my hand close to him. That's the leash dope. was was gone. All he had to do was move one one half an inch to the That's left dope. or right, and he would have realized that he was actually free. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, I could I could dig into that all day about so, the conditioning. So That's let's dope. think about that, right? Right. Let's let's break this down. First, there's the concept concept of conditioning, right? And any mm-hmm. any sports person or someone who's training to improve their their wind, they do a form of conditioning, wind sprints, mm-hmm. right? So that means doing an action repetitively is what I think about, right? In order to increase and build stamina in that thing. Yeah. Okay. Now beliefs your belief system what you believe you can or can't do mm-hmm. so, so put this together repetitively doing something that allows you or leads to you believing what you can or cannot do limitations if you will yeah or the possibilities yeah so i wanted to i wanted to ask this when you think about at this point in your life what have been the conditioned beliefs that you now have allowed to help you to be successful? The conditioned belief has been that I can do whatever it is that I put my mind to solidly, righteously, flat out. If, if, if I always, (laughs) I always tell people the worst thing I can do is envision it or the best thing that I can do is envision it because mm-hmm. once I see it up here or once I make up my mind up here, it's, you just consider it done. It's a matter of when, not if. Um, and I think that that has been the driving force, especially in the latter part, probably within the last maybe 10 years or so. It's just the undeniable belief. And this is not a brag when I say that, but you, you ask the question. Yeah, but it's the undeni- It's just the undeniable belief that I I'm willing to bet on myself, and I have the talent that I'm willing to put in the work, and and get it done if I set my mind to it. You know, and and part of that is my in my purpose is that I believe that God has given me much, so I have to fulfill everything that He has given me. So from that is how this all works for me. Mm-hmm. There is so much power in the ability to dream. Oh yeah. And- you know, in answering the question for myself, that has been my conditioned belief, the ability to dream mm-hmm. and have a limitation on my dreams. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely uh, attribute that to my mother and my family and what they instilled in me. Um, I was fortunate enough to have good mentors, good teachers, uh, positive people who contributed in my life. Like I remember in third grade, Mrs. Ingalls class, Mrs. Ingle, my third grade teacher, was 
talking to my mom about me and how I was doing, right? And she said, he's going to be the first black president. Now, That's shout dope. out to President Barack Obama who beat me to it, you know. <laughs> but she told me that when I was in the third grade and I yeah. never forget that, right? That yeah. moment. And, you know, it was it was moments like that in conversations and, and people who spoke positively into my life that told me I could dream and, and believe, right? Believe over and over and over again that I could be absolutely anything I wanted to be if I worked hard at it and I committed myself to it. Facts. But it definitely started with a dream. It start, right? Yeah, it starts with a dream. So what's the more important Um is it the dream or is it the action? Because I, I would argue that anybody could dream. So True. what what what's more important, the dream or the actual action of acting out on that dream? It's like saying, which came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think in this case, the dream is slightly more important because you in essence put limitations or lack thereof on yourself based on what you can see, how far you can see and how grand it is. Mm. So if, if as I identify something I'm passionate about, if I only see myself accomplishing it within my local community, mm. then that's how far it's going to go, no matter how much I work at it, how hard I work at it. Gotcha. I only saw it getting to that level in terms of the community. But if I stretch my dream to, to uh, have an impact worldwide. As you call it, extraordinary goals. That extraordinary goal, yeah. right? It's got to be extra, right? Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. believe that, if you, if you can dream that. And I mean, it's one thing to have a dream that you saw yourself doing something. When I'm when I'm talking about dreaming, I'm talking about this more of this conditioned belief. Like it is mm -hmm. a part of your belief system, your core. It governs your actions, your thoughts. Yo, what's the key word in belief? Uh, B. Thank you. Absolutely right. A state of being. A state Absolutely. of yeah. Absolutely right. So conditioned belief. Yeah. Uh, when you think about both positively and negatively, the state of being. Yeah. What this is where I am. That you are over and over and yeah. over again. Facts. Big facts. Let's talk. Let's talk family, right? I, I mentioned, you know, something that you know my family did for me. When you think about being a part of your family, what were some of the key principles they instilled in you early on uh, that helped to shape and mold you? Uh, love, working hard. Uh, being family oriented, loving your family, loyalty, um, being spiritual. Um, yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah. What about some unique principles, um, amongst your family in particular? And I'll give you an example. So, uh, recently I held a discussion virtually with with my family on my mother's side i said hey you know we talk um a lot through text um we call each other and a lot of that conversation you know we check on each other see how you're doing we celebrate accomplishments but we we never really have or, 
or have had a conversation that went deeper than that, like what's going on in society as a collective group. We may have had it mm-hmm. in small one-on-ones and one-offs, but as a collective group, what's going on in society? How has how would you describe life for you up to this point? Because we have so many generations that we were able to get on this video chat that mm-hmm. I thought that it would be important for each generation to talk about their experiences so that one, we could see the similarities, but also the differences, right? Yeah. So within that, we started identifying the unique life lessons that being a part of this family taught us, which was, and other families have, have I'm sure, emphasized this, but like in my family, especially on my mother's side, it's it's good to be good at what you do, but mm-hmm. the expectation is to be the best, mm. be great at it. Yeah, and that was a lesson that that is synonymous in your family amongst. Okay. Yes. Yeah. As they all, as we all talked about, you know, our experiences and answering that question, like there was a reoccurring theme that, yeah, it was okay to be good and it was expected to be good, but good ain't good enough. Yeah. We expect you to be the best because See, and, that's what it's going to take. And that's so, that's, that's dope, but it's crazy because something I realized, and as you asked this question, it came back to me. I'm a first generation American. In your family? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So as you ask that question, something that has always been driven into me, which is probably the reason why I am the way that I am is hard work. Because we came over here, as I said, my gra- my grandfather's West Indian, my mom's from England, my dad's Jamaican, my grandparents, you know what I'm saying? I'm literally mm-hmm. first generation. So imagine migrating over here and having to build that foundation from the ground up. No resources. No, no support system. American dream. So you have nothing but the work. And as you asked that question, that really, really stuck out to me of, wow. Hmm. Hmm. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. So, you know, it, yours, yours was being the best. Mine was, and, and again, it, it, it shows. It shows because I, as long as I've known you, that's kind of been what you've been like. You were playing varsity football at a 6A school, 7A school in ninth grade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, who does that? <laughs> and you know what? That was the expectation of my family. Yeah. Like, what people don't understand yeah. is my uncle. So so my uncle Marlon played in the NFL, as you know, right? Mm-hmm. Well, before he got to the NFL, when we were in high school, he was in college. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically we had a conversation and he's telling me, he's like, all right, so you in high school now. You need to play football and you need to start. You need to start picking the, uh, the position that you want to play because when you get to college, you only get one. You don't get to play both sides like you've been doing, right? I know I told you to do that, but you got to pick one position. You got to excel at that, right? Mm-hmm. You're playing freshman this year. What would it take to play varsity? I don't know. You need to try to get to varsity as soon as possible, mm-hmm. right? the expectation was for me from yeah. ninth grade to immediately go to varsity. He said, don't yeah. waste your time at JV. Yeah. You're going to run track and you're going to play basketball. Why? Yeah. I thought you said focus on, on football because track is going to teach you the art of running, right? Cause you do running in football and basketball is going to train other muscles and teach you lateral movement lateral and how movement, to jump because you jump. need all those skills to be great in football. Everything 
I did was for football because yeah. the expectation in my family was not just to be good at football, good. yeah, was to be the best. Yeah. And here I was with four jobs. But <laughs> <laughs> work ethic. Wow. Right? Conditioned beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Conditioned beliefs. And our families, our support systems, we like to believe give us a lot of the positive beliefs that we have that have yeah. helped us uh, to be successful and to walk and find our purpose. But there's also some conditioned beliefs that have hurt us along the way. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. I'm curious. I'm curious for that question, right? Yeah. What are some beliefs that might not have come from your family necessarily, but just before what you used to believe that you no longer believe? Because I'm curious why you no longer have you broke the chain in the cycle in that conditioned belief. Um, I don't know if this fits, but this this the first story. I remember being nine years old, bro. And, you know, in New York, everything was still, you know, big city, but the community was the community. You knew people in the community. You knew people on your block. Well, we had a barber store on the corner that I used to get my hair cut. And at nine years old, I said to my dad, dad, I want to go get a job there asking them if I could just sweep the floor. You know, I just want to make some extra money. Mm-hmm. And he fussed at me, tore me down, just because I guess in his eyes, that was beneath us as a family. Like, what are you doing sweeping floors? And here I am, just an innocent, an innocent um, nine-year-old just wanting mm-hmm. to get a job. So whereas I'm rooted in that belief of hard work, you 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 want to make money, you earn. But I think there was more to that piece where at that nine-year-old, in that nine-year-old kid was an entrepreneurial spirit. Hmm. That somehow in that moment got crushed. And now been trained, work, 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 work. And now at 36, you're 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 tackling that and trying to find that entrepreneurial spirit and you're challenging now that you know I talked about it in the podcast last week that like you know I've always been taught I I make money by working and now I'm transitioning to a point where no you make money in your brain and you got to put it all together and and that is kind of the example that I have whereas that 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 thing that I was rooted in that I'm now I'm trying to break out of because it was something that was negative so now on this side I'm trying to do something different. And the ultimate test will be what I teach my boy. Yeah. Yeah. Just the belief of how you make money because yeah. it, you, you are taught, all of us are taught to, in order to make money, you work. Which to work. Yeah. To a degree that is true. There's some truth to that. The work that the educational system uh, teaches <laughs> you is that you work for somebody else. Yeah. Facts. That's how you make money. Facts. Somebody else will pay you for your work. And like, for me, the conditioned belief that um, I used to believe that was wrong was that my education, that I, the education that I received was a great education. It prepared me for life. I used to believe that. <laughs> and I used to believe it when I was younger because I was in honors classes and yeah. I went to a magnet school. So I felt like you bought you know the what, dream. I'm getting a little bit. Yeah, I bought it. 
I bought the dream. I'm getting a little bit better, you know? And it's funny when I think back, some of the things I remember being in college in ninth grade or not, or not ninth grade, being in college in my freshman year. And we were talking about, you know, high school experiences. And I remember, uh, you know, we're talking, I was in honors. I, I wasn't in honors. I took AP, this, that, the other. And I remember this one guy said, man, honors classes are no different than regular classes. Honors classes are simply for the kids who cheat and don't get caught. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> That's the difference. Uh, yeah, That's fact. the difference between the honors and the regular kids. <laughs> they both cheat. One group gets caught, right? Yeah. And so for a long time, I believe that the education that I received in grade school prepared me for life. Mm-hmm. I got more out of the sports and activities and groups I was Social a part things. of. Yeah. Socially, those interactions prepared me more for life than the educational system. Facts. I could I see that being very possible. Like this whole idea about entrepreneurship. The only time that I recall in 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 any of my grade school, and this was in high school, I took a summer class economics. And the teacher that we had, instead of teaching us out of the book, we played Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And in playing Monopoly, he taught us about entrepreneurship, ownership. He made us work in groups. We had to collaborate uh, about when to build property and how to manage the money and how to invest it. Yeah. He used the game of Monopoly to teach us about entrepreneurship. And that is the one and only time I can think of and recall that I, it was pressed upon us to be entrepreneurs. Same here. Same here. I, I, I didn't take that class. Um, I mean, I took it, but I don't remember much from it. I didn't take it during that summer. I wasn't in that same class as you. But I agree wholeheartedly because right now there are times where I bump my head and I think about the one skill that I need I don't have and I was never taught. So now I am, I'm backtracking in a lot of ways, which is that same entrepreneurship that you're talking about, that, that ability to go out and not make a dollar, but create the dollar. Create and, the dollar. And, and it's um, absolutely, it, it's been a journey. All right. So thinking about your career path. <laughs> okay. There have been obstacles that I'm sure you faced along the way. The path wasn't easy to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes our conditioned beliefs uh, appear to us as mountains when really they are molehills. Mm-hmm. When you think about your career, the journey, what was something that you made a mountain out of that either ended up being a molehill or was really a molehill? Um, but you made more of a big deal out of? Um, it was probably around that time when I was thinking about quitting the profession when I was in music ed. And, and, and it was ironic. It was my first conference that time we met in that airport in Atlanta. Yeah. You were going to Boston and I was going to Miami, something like that. And we had met up. I hadn't seen you for years. But such a random time yeah, to run random into time. each other, right? Hey, well, yeah, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> but, no. um, I was I was going to quit the field because I felt like like you kind of like we're talking about I felt as though that the f- what I was taught 
was nothing like what I was doing and what I wanted to do. And when I went to that conference, I learned that it doesn't have to be the way you was taught. You can think of this differently and make something out of it. And I think in that weekend, that's when the decision was made to go back and get my doctorate. And that's when the decision was made to um, continue in the field. And I don't think my life has been the same ever since once that, once that switch flipped, if that makes sense. Was it the whole experience of that conference or was it a specific interaction with a person or something that was said? It was, it was more so the experience after I did my presentation I had professors that uh, cats that were teaching at like Boston University, Ithaca College, like across the nation, just, you know, big reputable colleges came up to me and said, hey, are you in grad school? Have you getting you working on your PhD? I said, nah. They said, well, you should have been in somebody's program like yesterday. Hmm. And when they said it to me, it was like, oh, and, and I mean, mind you, that was the first conference I had ever presented at. That was probably my first conference that I attended. And, and, and just like that that switch flipped and I was like, Oh, okay, this is there. People are digging it. Let's move forward. So it was an interaction. So somebody else's belief system Mm -hmm. allowed them to see more in you than what you saw in yourself. Facts. And it's crazy. Facts. Like this concept, when it hit me conditioned belief, because I've heard the term and I tell you, I'll tell you where it's probably more relevant. If you ever heard, uh, the, story or the uh and i don't think it's an analogy but basically it's an example of this this guy he walks he's in the zoo and he walks past the elephant pen and he sees these huge humongous elephants that are they have this little rope that's attached to this this small stake in the ground and they're not breaking away from it they are tethered to it it's small. They could easily break it. And this guy asked the the elephant trainer, he said, how come those huge elephants don't just walk away and break that, that small rope? And he said, well, when they're born as babies, we tie this same rope around their ankles and mm-hmm. they're not strong enough then to break it. So they grow up believing that they are not strong enough to break it. Mm. Right. But the man knew the trainer knew based on their belief system that they could but if yeah. the person themselves the individual themselves don't believe that they can they can't they can't at 100 percent. he who says he can and he who says he can't are both are usually both right, right. Yep. yeah fact absolutely facts absolutely so you know for for us in in doing this show i think that's what the whole concept of perfect addicts was behind mm-hmm. i think I think for us, when we go back to that day where we we came up with the title for the show, we were asking ourselves, what is it that we wanted people to walk away from and get out of this show? And it's that, that mm-hmm. they believed more in themselves. They believed that they could be more than what they possibly believe, regardless of where they are in life. Like that, that for me is the whole, the whole premise, the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Facts. Check this out. Let's let's wrap this up with with this quote, and and I hope it's fitting. I think it is. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Yeah. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Yeah. Anything worth having is worth working for. If it doesn't it challenge is. you, it wouldn't change you. Yeah. It won't change you. And when you think about 
the, the this idea of conditioned <clears throat> beliefs, right? You have to do what I'm about to do. You what you've done, you got to go challenge your way of thinking, your way of thinking how to make money, how to utilize your money, mm-hmm. what your education was meant to do for you and what education skill sets and tools you might need to press forward. Yeah. If you were told that you can't be an entrepreneur, <laughs> I challenge that. Go be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Mm-hmm. That's good. More than anything, man, we appreciate all the support we've gotten in this show. Uh, we we can't thank you enough for those who continue to rock with us and listen to us. Um, please go share the show, like, subscribe, rate on your favorite platform. Um, also, join the community group on Facebook. Find us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Purpose Addicts. Listen. As always, we want you to go live life on purpose. Go be better tomorrow than you were today. At the end of the day, we love you. We out.
爱。